back to My City, My Shelter. I'm Laura. And I'm Kara. And today we have a very special guest with us, uh, Sabella Kerrigan, who is a volunteer coordinator at Indianapolis Animal Care Services. Um, is going to share some of her experiences with us and um, why she decided to be the volunteer coordinator and how she got there. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, We're so excited. Sabella started off as a senior animal care technician, and I'm always really proud when a senior animal care tech uh, moves on into a management or coordinator position at the shelter because that's my department, and I love my people, and I'm glad that we're just expanding and all over the place, uh, taking over the world, so to speak. So, uh, Sabella's been, how long have you been a volunteer coordinator? It feels, my sense of time is off since all of the coronavirus started. I really don't know. No kidding. I know, me too. Mm -hmm. been about six months since I got this position. Okay, nice. yeah, that's what I was thinking. Pretty recent still, yeah. And how long were you at the shelter before that in the other position? Um, I started, yeah, I started in July of 2018, so almost two years total at the shelter so far. That's good. I like, I, so I, I also the, like, yeah, I was going to say, I like when, um, sorry. no, like when staff have different, um, they come from different areas because they bring different parts of knowledge you know, and move into different positions. Yes. Yeah. And I really use that to my advantage uh, when I got this role. So I think it's helped me a lot, honestly. Shabella, when she was a um, animal care tech, she worked uh, mainly in the area of our building. Uh, we call kennel four because we have four kennels. Mm-hmm. Kennel four is where we tend to house dogs that are scared, came to the shelter with some behavior challenges and aren't just ready to go right onto the adoption floor to meet people. And she chose mm-hmm. to work in that area and was really good at it. So I think that's part of why she makes a good volunteer coordinator is because she knows kind of at the heart of our most vulnerable population what they need yeah. and how to connect people to help them. Sure. Which isn't all of what being a volunteer coordinator is, but in my mind, that was an important part of moving into that position. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree because, you know, a lot of people, uh, when they first start, you know, they don't work with those dogs because, you know, you need a little bit more experience to do that. And I really like bringing the perspective of that being a goal for a lot of my volunteers because mm-hmm. I think some of them aren't even aware of that, you know. Um, but I think it's very important to focus on the dogs that are struggling in the shelter and help them, you know, relieve some stress and stuff like that. So sure. Yeah, I'm sure those are the ones that probably end up staying the longest, too, or and, and, and harder to place. Oh, yeah. Versus the ones that come in and two days later, they're gone. You, don't, you know what I mean? Like Laura always says, yeah. some of the dogs she never even sees, it's the ones that stay there the longest that she knows the best. Yeah, who sticks definitely. out to you, Sabella? Like, who was one that really grabbed you and made you want to do more? Um, so I have quite a few. Not things, literally grabbed you. I know you were right but <laughs> grab your heart, not your leg. Or no, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely had uh, quite a few of those, but one of them really stuck out to me. Her name was Butter Scott. Um, she was this tiny pit bull mix. Uh, she was tan. And she was so scared in her kennel. Um, Mm. I think I worked with her to get her out of the kennel itself for two weeks before she would even start walking. Oh, wow. Um, But she really stuck out to me, yeah, because she was so sweet. She wasn't growling. She was just very, very terrified. She didn't trust people. And I would just sit in front of her kennel door every day and just be around her so she could sniff me. Yeah. Um, I would hand her some treats. And then um, really seeing her gain... Yeah, and seeing her start to trust people again, was it, it just gives me chills talking about it, honestly. Um, she ended up going in the playgroup with our other dogs, and she was a rock star at it. And she ended up loving people, too. Um, mm. 
it just took a little bit more work, you know, and those are the dogs that I feel like need to be here, you know, like it's yeah. a good thing that they come here and learn that humans can be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she ended up getting a really good home and she's very happy now. And oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, <do you laughs> very get, passionate about it. Do you get updates still from her family? Uh, yeah, they actually posted pictures of her a uh, couple months ago and they Cause she was in foster for a long time because she had some really bad health conditions. Uh, and she was really skinny when she was here. And mm. she, they posted a picture of her in a sweater, and she's just chunky and super <sighs> happy. And it's oh, that's so great! I think I, I know. <laughs> oh my gosh, she looks so good! Yeah, I so, that makes so, my heart happy. Those are the stories that give me chills. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, when you get to um, help them form those bonds again and trust, that that's that's a huge thing because you're without that, they wouldn't be able to be adopted, or it would be like a very specific case. Um, and right, yeah. yeah. And I also think a lot of the time, the thing that always stuck out to me working with such terrified dogs was that I try to think of it from their perspective. So imagine if you're just like plopped in a place that's like loud and it smells weird. Mm-hmm. And there's someone coming up to your door and you're like, who is this? Like, I don't know who they are. Like, yeah. and then seeing them, like, it's so hard for them to trust people after they've been through so much. Right. So right. It, it was always very rewarding when they would turn around and be happy. Yeah, exactly. Especially when like, you don't know their backstories all the time, you know, or maybe you do, Oh yeah. you know, and it explains it, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're reforming all that teaching them trust yeah you are so good at working with the scared dogs when you told me you're applying for volunteer coordinator like I was happy for you I wanted to get you to get the position but at the same time kind of on the selfish level I was sad to see you go from (laughs) that that role at the shelter but I think you've done a good job integrating that into what you're doing now and when you started there wasn't a volunteer coordinator right if I'm remembering correctly I think yes it was vacant after uh I started, yeah, so it was vacant for a lot of the time that I was at the oh. shelter. Oh, wow. Um, what was that like, coming into the vacant position and having to start moving forward? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's not easy, um, especially when, you know, there we have hundreds of volunteers. We've got about 220 active volunteers. Wow. Um, and just getting them to understand why I'm here and that I'm here to help um, and really showing them like what the possibilities of this program are. Um, that's really, it's, it's been hard, but it's very rewarding. And I think people are starting to realize the value of this position. Um, but there are still difficulties, you know, sometimes there are hiccups, like there's certain things that aren't communicated well, and it's just because a lot of it's kind of, we're just trying to figure it out, you know? <laughs> exactly. But yeah. Overall, it's, it's going pretty good. And I, we have a really, really good group of volunteers. We're all super passionate, always willing to help. Um, I'm just really lucky to have such awesome people to work with. So, And, and with the COVID, having you, I, I'm kind of friends with someone um, that is a volunteer there, and she was explaining that because of the COVID and, you know, the differences you've, you guys have all had to make with adoptions and volunteer, that you guys um, did different teams, weren't they, like, based on colors, and you had certain days uh, that they could come in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so currently we have two teams. Um, it's a red team and a blue team, and so we kind of split the week in half. So the volunteers do that as well. We also cut back the amount of volunteers allowed in the shelter at one time, unfortunately. 
but they're oh, yeah. rolling with it and we're doing the best we can with what we've got, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's safety top priority. Exactly. And the volunteers are still like such an important part of our day-to-day operation. Even through this, we have, I think it's three dog volunteers in at a time. Yeah. A beautification mm-hmm. volunteer who helps with laundry and dishes and just keeping the building moving. And then a cat volunteer that comes in and uh, helps socialize the cats and check on them. And even with, uh, I mean, they're still playing a major role in helping the dogs get outside and stay happy and healthy and interacting with people. And we really couldn't do it without them. Yeah. And we're all keeping connected. We have a huge Facebook group with the volunteers and the staff. And it's nice to keep people included that can't come into the shelter because they don't want to risk it. Right. Um, or there's just not enough space on the schedule. Um, everyone's been really good about trying to stay involved and everyone is still really involved. So I feel like, you know, once everything is resumed and we can have more volunteers in the shelter, um, I think it's going to be even better because it's, it's like a safe space for some people. They're realizing that the community with the staff and volunteers here is really supportive and we all actually really care about each other, you know? Right. right. Same goal. <laughs> so, yeah, I miss, I miss yeah. seeing everyone. Unfortunately, I haven't seen Sabella in what, like a month, it's six oh. weeks four weeks oh yeah it's, it's wild I miss, I miss some of the people on the other team oh. <laughs> she doesn't have the pleasure of being on blue team best <laughs> with me and the rest of the fabulous blue team so because um what kind of volunteers so like what are the different positions that you can apply for to be a volunteer and like what does that process look like so if someone was listening to this and was like you know that's something i think that we can fit into our schedule what is the process and what could they apply for? Yeah. So what happens is you apply on the indie.gov uh, website and I'll process the applications and then I'll get them scheduled for an orientation. And at that orientation, that's where you figure out kind of, you kind of look at some open positions. Um, we have such a variety that I can't name all of them right now. Sure. <laughs> and I'm still coming up with new positions. Um, but yeah, so you go to the orientation to gather more information and then you can pick what route you want to go. Um, so for dog walking, there's about six hours of training with another volunteer that you can do. And then uh, for cats, it's about two hours of training. Um, and it just kind of depends on where you want to go from there. So yeah. some people do multiple tasks, which is always okay. Like we have dog walkers that will do uh, help the medical staff on Sundays. Okay. And then other days just focus on dogs. But it's a pretty easy process. We're not currently doing orientations at the moment, sure. but hopefully they'll resume soon. Have you, have you, um, uh, because yeah. of COVID, have you uh, seen like an uptick in people inquiring about helping? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I it bet. Blew my mind. <laughs> I saw the amount of applications go up. I was like, wow. Like we already get a lot of applications, but it was like double the amount that we usually get. And I, you know, feel so sad. I'm like, I want you guys to come in too, but we have to be safe. And right. we got to just hold off for a little bit. So. Sure. Cause everybody's like, I got all no, this free time. I want to do something. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've had so many people reach out. I'm sure you've had a ton of all of actual applications, but just on the Facebook page or other channels, friends of friends wanting to help because they have the time. And it's, it's weird to say no, because we're always so in need of oh, help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's it's very weird, and I don't want them to feel discouraged because I think that we're really going to need the extra help um, once you know we open the shelter back up and resume 
normal operations, you know. Right. And we always tell people, if you can't come in, you can still network for us. You can still share our animals on Facebook or Instagram, whatever platform you may use. You can still support the shelter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Either with money or items needed and things like that. Like I, for whatever reason, I, I'm, I'm ending up being the person everybody's donating, um, crates to. I'm the crate lady. (laughs) Like, so I know people are like, they're not needing them or they find someone and, and, um, and then they contact me. And so like, I've been handing off all kinds of crazy stuff to Laura, like leashes and, oh, there's someone's doggy. So, yeah, I mean, and that's just, like, people just wanting to help in any way they can. So I'm sure it's all appreciated. And that's kind of a hot-button item crate. We always need those. I figured. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I figured. Well, I know, and it's so cute, too, because, like, um, when I got the information about volunteering, I came home and told my our oldest daughter, who's 15, she was so interested in being a cat cuddler because that's something that she could do easily with her age. Um, and she actually spread mm-hmm. it, spread it to um, a bunch of her friends. So when this is all over, they're hoping maybe this summer, the fall, they can come down and, you know, I mean, nothing's cuter than cuddle, cuddling kitties, you know. So, um, oh, yeah, I love that all levels. How does that work at all of this kit, like young, with teenagers and what are the age cutoffs and how can younger kids help? Yeah. So if we do require that they're at least 12 years old um, and if they are I think it, so 16, they're allowed to come by themselves, but they need a parent to sign a document saying that it's okay that they're here. Now, if they're 12 to 16, we, they have to be with a guardian at all times. Mm-hmm. So it's just for safety purposes. Sure. And certain positions, we do require them to be a little bit older. So I've noticed that we feel more comfortable with dog walkers that are at least 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, we do make exceptions, obviously, um, after we interview them and talk to them. But it's just to keep everyone safe. You know, these sure. dogs are not easy to handle right. <laughs> sometimes. Right. So, yeah. It kind of yeah, just like the strength they of do. the dog and oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. reaction time. And yeah, yeah. a little bit older, I think, is better for that. Yeah, I could totally yeah, see I that. Agree. Yeah, we took um, this dog. I don't know if you remember Silabelle. Uh, Annabelle. Annabelle is who we took out. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we took her out for a Freedom Day before she got adopted, obviously. Um, and she was hard for me to handle. And, and we've had some, you know, <laughs> us personally have had some really powerful big dogs, you know. But, I mean, she was a handful. And, and par- part of it also is because she's excited. She's not used to being out and everything was like amazing to her. Um, but uh, yeah, there, she would, she would have taken down probably my 15 year old, you know, like it just, just by yeah. being the strength and she was probably, I don't know, maybe 80 pounds. So yeah, I, I can see yeah. that. Totally. I do, I do have a few volunteers that are, I, I, they're under 18 and they walk dogs. And let me tell you, it's not, it's, it, that's why I say it's case by case because those girls are really, really good. Um, and in fact, one of them helps train people when they first come in. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, it really depends because she had a lot of canine experience before she got here. Um, mm-hmm. And her family has a history of training. So that's why I always like to give people, you know, an opportunity. So it's not to say that someone that's a little bit younger can't come and talk to me and we can see what we can work out. Right. Even if they're just doing laundry. But I laundry. definitely wouldn't recommend. Right. Yeah. You can do something here. And maybe we could start you somewhere and then you can work your way up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's a great place that like one of my daughter's friends was talking about becoming a nurse or or like a veterinarian. And what a great place to start off if that's something that you were interested in because you can do all your different fields there. You know, like the front desk, 
you know, working with uh, the dogs, um, moving into maybe even helping the medical field, you know, as you got older and more experienced. I mean, I think it's a place where you could kind of test out different um, areas. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And even like being in the environment and being around animals with different temperaments, being in such a big shelter is really good to learn like, oh, this is what goes on, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good learning experience. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who's interested in getting into a career in shelter medicine or veterinary care, like I think it's invaluable training because you see everything and you never know what's going to walk through the door. And the medical team, you can volunteer with the medical team. We always need help passing medications to the dogs. Yeah. So we do really look for people with, you know, healthcare experience. And you don't even have to have that, but just a, just an extra plus. Who's comfortable passing meds. Yeah. Yeah. To, to get those medications out to the dogs. Well, and another thing I saw um, is that there's even volunteers that take pictures, which I think is amazing. Like, yes. the, you know, like, um, yeah. is it muddy, muddy mud? I'm mean, f- photography, which muddy yeah, mud. Yeah, we've got a few actually that um, we have quite a few uh, volunteers that do professional photography here. I, it a makes few such of them a difference. Stick out in my mind, but yeah, it's, I really, this is why I'm saying like there's not, I'm still coming up with positions because some people come in with talents like that. And if you don't have it listed, it doesn't mean they can't do it. Right. right exactly. Um, so I always encourage people to bring new talents here. Like even if they want to paint, you know, maybe they could paint pictures oh, yeah. of our dogs. Which we, we actually had someone do that recently um, and hung them up in the lobby. And it's really great. So oh, see? yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love those pictures. They make me smile every time. I look <laughs> They're at great. Them. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. I, I know, and I like that. Um, I've seen groups come in there too and do things like you know cleaning out all the kennels or repairing kennels or putting down mulch or. It seems like there's even groups that um, I know. Sometimes there's businesses that'll say two times a year we allow our employees to go and volunteer and do things. And do you, you? I'm sure you have capacity for that where they can come in as a team. You know, it's all adults. Let's say they're from like you know a company here in Indianapolis where they could come in and like repaint or remulch or do something like a bigger project. Yeah, we actually have quite a few. Um, unfortunately, before this pandemic, we had quite a few yeah. scheduled out um, throughout the summer, but now we just kind of don't know what's going on and we have right. to cancel some, but we do have a lot of people that are really interested in helping and we always appreciate it. We like to come up with different projects for them to do and then let them, you know, pet a dog or a cat at the end so they can get their fill of a cute animal, right? Of course. <laughs> of why course. not? You have to have um, that. Yeah. But yeah, we always have new projects that need working on. So we do encourage people to do that if that's something they're interested in. Yeah. I'll definitely pass that. Yeah, I have some people. Go ahead, Laura. Sorry. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because it doesn't even have to be, you know, interacting with the animals. Our building needs lots of extra TLC and oh, yeah. little things to be tinkered <laughs> with that are broken or mm-hmm. um, hung on the walls, reorganized, things just cleaned up. So someone's, you know, a handy person and just wants to help out a place that needs help, we, we would definitely fit the bill. That's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I would never know that you guys have that many volunteers, like yeah. 200 and something. Yeah, we have a really, yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, a couple of years ago we had five, right? <gasps> it's just grown so much. And the amount of dedication from our community is just outstanding. I, I'm blown away. I think that we're doing a really good job. Um, and even if they're not volunteers or people in the community are so willing to help. Right. We've just got, we've grown a lot and we're, we're doing really good. I'm really, really proud of 
how everyone's doing. And I'm just really proud of my volunteers. I love them so much. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm a staff here. I just love everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be a volunteer, when, uh, when you do volunteer, there's, isn't there certain hours that you're required each, you know, like each week or each month? I know, I remember hearing that, like, you know, why in order to be a volunteer, we need kind of like this kind of commitment from you and um yeah those kind of guidelines yeah so you need about so we do eight hour a month requirement currently um obviously like with this pandemic we're not right enforcing that we understand if people don't come in but yeah eight hours a month and i tell people they can do it how they would like um i don't i tell them to try to pick a specific day that they want to come in even if it's every other week i don't recommend doing one day a month for eight hours it's just you're not in the loop you kind of don't know what's going on. Sure. Um, but people are yeah. free to split it up however they want. And a lot of our volunteers exceed that eight-hour limit. They're so dedicated and passionate about the animals yeah. here. And is, um, there, is there eight hours a month is required. And there, is there certain days that are needed more? I remember hearing something about, like, some days there's lower amount of people that, you know, that can volunteer. And those are the days that are kind of cramped. You know, like, meaning, like, not as much staff. Yeah. So we – it kind of – fluctuates but daytime volunteers during the week are always needed you know mm. a little hard to find people with that kind of schedule sure um but also saturdays i've noticed there's not as many volunteers as there used to be or there could be but really we accept help whenever you yeah. know honestly yeah. We'll, we'll yeah come in we'll take you <laughs> right i think our like daytime like just daytime like normal working hours or former former normal working hours yeah. would be our Kind of our biggest need of volunteers on a regular basis. That seems to yeah. be the lowest time, but we could use help anytime. Yeah. yeah, that's what I always say. You know, and if they if they can even come in in the evening, which a lot of them do, it's still nice because you're still giving those dogs or cats extra attention. Um, it's just at a later time in the day, but they still really appreciate it. So whenever you can come in, just. Maybe not in the middle of the night, but <laughs> yeah, maybe not in the middle of the night. We talked about like, oh, have I've joked with a couple of our volunteers. Like, I'm going to find you, you know, sleeping in a kennel tomorrow morning because you don't want to leave the building. Yeah, yeah. make sure everyone gets out. Kind of like the hospital, like they got their midnight shift. Yeah, yeah. They... <laughs> we, we definitely have people that would stay, and or I know would volunteer to do it if we had those night hours. Oh, I, I know they would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the animals need to sleep too right they need they like time they like their downtime as well yeah <laughs> but now how many um, do you do you have in the shelter right now dog wise cat wise cat wise we have been at a record low number of intakes i think we have 12 cats in the building no way okay crazy yeah, it's is. crazy. I'm almost afraid to say it because I feel like there's just going to be like this explosion of cats that like <laughs> descend upon the shelter because I put that out into the world, but we only have 12. Yeah. But we're doing it's very season. special, restricted, limited intakes and doing case by case situations because of the pandemic. Sure. So sure. that's going to change. Normally in the spring, we would have lots and lots of kittens which is oh, where our I'm foster sure. program comes in yeah um, spring is really a busy time for us but right now it's just a little bit different and i'd say we have say around 120 dogs wow and does that include what's in it's, foster care no that does not include what's that's in just what's in the, that's just okay just in the building the and that's a yeah kind of a record low for us as well yeah which has been nice to be able to spend time individually with those dogs for staff and volunteers that's what i was going to say come up with some 
yeah. how that was affecting yeah, the volunteer. It. I bet because they get more of that. Like I love that's what I was telling Laura. I love seeing the volunteers and the staff taking them out on group walks or getting the videos of the playtime and everything. I just think it shows a lot more personality and behind the scenes of like what you know, like what you guys always do, but now because of the bone it sounds bad, but the the positive of COVID is that it's allowed you guys to be able to pour that extra energy into the ones that are there. Yeah. And I have like the volunteers that do come in every day, they're updating the Facebook page and sending us write-ups about animals and trying to, you know, make them sound really awesome, which they are, you know, but they, oh, yeah. they all get super creative with it and it's so much fun. So they're having fun with it and trying to get these animals adopted. And oh, I've it's seen really a, awesome. Yeah. I've seen a, 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 a big difference, like you said, cause they have more time. Like you can actually go on the pet finder where it would say, you know, let's say, you know, Tootsie, and it would just say, you know, female, four years old, you know, pity mix. But now you scroll down and you could see like a whole write up about her and um, even maybe more pictures and candid pictures. And, you know, of course, the ones licking the staff and hugging the staff. I mean, those are the best. It's just really neat to see. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely been a silver lining. That's for sure. So, Sabella, just one more time, how does someone go about volunteering? Like, what's the, what's the step-by-step if you want to become a volunteer at the shelter? Yeah, so go to the city website, um, indy.gov, um, go to Animal Care Services, and there should be a category on there that says volunteer, and there will be a little write-up about it, and then there will be a link you click, and you can fill out the application, and I will be processing those, and I'll get you guys signed up for an orientation whenever you're able to. Um, whenever we resume orientation <laughs> and we'll really need the extra help. So we really appreciate it. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you, Sabella, for taking time out of your busy red team day to talk with us. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, Thank you for having me. And I hope to see you in person soon. Me too. Yeah. I hope to see you soon. <laughs> All right. Take care. Um, thanks. Stay safe, everybody.